Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded, a podcast all about creating visibility, paths for growth, and opportunity for entrepreneurs. We focus on those entrepreneurs who are statistically underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. Your hosts are Zena Island, president of X Plus PR, a media relations agency, angel investor Aurelia Flores, managing member of Athena Digital Media Group, a digital marketing agency, and angel investor Christina Francis, president of Esteem Logic, an information technology consulting and training firm. In each episode, you will meet a new startup founder, hear about their company and where they are now. We then focus on one key challenge facing that entrepreneur, a challenge that is common among startups. Each episode also features a guest expert to weigh in on the challenge. Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded. Welcome to another episode. This is Aurelia, and we are super excited to be here with Steven Rodriguez today. We're going to be talking about DC Startup Week, and in particular, what it means to be building community around startups and focusing on entrepreneurship. Steven Rodriguez is the Director of Community Engagement for Project 500 DC, a business development program, and leads the DMV, for those of you not in the region, that stands for DC, Maryland, and Virginia, the DMV Startup Facebook Group. He is also a community leader for the Global Entrepreneurship Week USA celebration and the Techstars community through the DC Startup Week, Startup Weekend DC, and Startup Digest DC programs in the greater Washington DC region. And it would be remiss if I didn't talk about all the other projects that Steven's involved with as well, including um, digital marketing expert and technology committee chairman for the Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And he's got a lot of other projects on his plate, which we will probably talk about as we go along. But Steven, welcome. We're happy to have you with us today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Love to love to be here. I'm so humbled. And uh, yeah. Good. Well, let's just jump in and ask you about DC Startup Week and why and how you all decided to launch an annual event and how that came about. Wow. Well, it, it was um, it came about by by luck, I guess. Uh, I was looking to get more involved in the community at the time, and I, I got my start through Startup Weekend. And I'm like, what can I do? There were already lots of community leaders, so let me find something that's needed. Um, and I happened to run into this um, awesome serial entrepreneur called Chira Sariyapan. And so between me and him, we like, you know, Techstars are looking for organizers for Startup Week, so why not, why not uh, launch this? And so we did, and in 2016, uh, boy, did we learn <laughs> that we weren't prepared. <laughs> so we did launch in 2016, we co-founded it, and um, yeah, it was, that's the year we don't necessarily talk about, but it happened. So you launched DC Startup Week, and I, I, I know you're missing some pieces here, so I'm going to pull it out yeah. of you, okay? Because you and I have talked extensively about the reasons why you started. And it has something to do with um, South by Southwest and how you wanted to create something more locally here. Yeah, you know, at the time, we were, we were seeing South by Southwest um, growing in popularity and DC government doing lots of things. How do we make sure that our presidents felt over there. Um, but as I keep reading through some of the other, other, other thought leaders like Steve Case, Jonathan Nortmans and the like, and Melissa Bradley, you know, how do we help, um, how do we highlight the, the region here in Washington, DC? How do we, we have amazing entrepreneurs, the rise of the rest of the rest here in the region. So how do we create a similar platform 
um, to highlight those amazing entrepreneurs, those amazing thought leaders that we already have in the region. And instead of uh, taking money away from the region, let's reinvest it back here. I know you talk and write, and actually one of the first times we met in person was I was hearing you talk about community building, right, within the startup ecosystem. Um, before we go into all of the things you learned about um, when you were launching Startup Week itself, talk to us a little bit about what you mean by community building, why that's so important for startups, and what something, an event like DC Startup Week is intended to do. Yeah, no, I, I, I learned fairly quickly that most of my success has been um, many people along the way, many mentors, but also this, this ability to give first. And so for me, community building is all about how do I give first to those around me, um, help them grow, and in the process, it helps me grow. As I uplift others, it helps uplift them. Um, and in DC in particular, you know, I came for politics. I came um, to work on Capitol Hill, and after a few months, didn't like the culture because it was so, um, it was unique, to say the least. But I found the entrepreneurship community and everybody was so collaborative, so helpful, um, that that's, that's what really drew me in. And it's that give first mentality, how do we help each other grow and succeed, that really got me motivated and interested in that, in that field. Now, if you came here for politics, how were you able to jump into the entrepreneur community so fast and soon the way you did? Um, I, I stumbled into it, really. There were so many events happening, whether it's through meetups, um, things run by D.C. government, like Department for Small and Local Business Development. Um, there were just a lot of things, and I just happened to go to one of them. And then I think the, the biggest turning point was Techstars' uh, Startup Weekend, where I went through their program, grew to love it, made connections, and from there it started slowly and surely to get more and more involved in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So for those people who don't know what a Techstars Startup Weekend looks like, why don't you describe that a little bit and then say what an entrepreneur can get from going to an event like Startup Week? Yeah, now Startup Weekend is more, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, how do you, if you have an idea, come to the weekend, everybody's there collaborative, we form teams, we around different ideas, and then we learn the framework of how it is to build a business um, around your idea. Can we find um, what it is you want to sell? Is there a good product market fit? And then how do we get out of the building and test out and talk to actual people, the customers? And then we present to a group of judges what that business plan and that product market fit looks like. Um, and then from there, the startup week is more, you know, there are so many people uh, around the region. Lots of them feel that uh, they love entrepreneurship. They're surrounded by people who may not know about entrepreneurship, um, so they feel isolated. So why not create a week and a celebration where we can draw them all together so they have this safe zone, this safe space to love entrepreneurship, to be along like-minded people, and then learn along the way, whether it's uh, how to be a founder for the first time, how to do marketing, how to do sales, or if you go into tech, we have different tracks, but it's really how to bring the community together and celebrate entrepreneurship. I mean, I think what's so interesting about a startup weekend, like Techstars does in different places, and I know you've um, organized multiple of them in this area, right, is that it is just this kind of little mini micro um, experiment. And people can come if they've just got an idea and then play with it, whether or not it ever develops into something at all, right? Or they can, they can build on somebody else's idea, but it's mm -hmm. basically in a weekend, kind of a compressed timeline of what it looks like to be a startup founder from 
kind of idea stage to pitch stage all in the course of what is it 17 hours or something like that which is kind of amazing um, and a really interesting event in and of itself and then um, building on top of that tell somebody what they should expect if they come to DC Startup Week. You talked about kind of community and different tracks and learning about entrepreneurship and really kind of give me like three specific examples of why as an entrepreneur I should definitely be there. Right. So along the entrepreneur journey, there's different stages that somebody's going to fall in. Um, if you're just thinking about entrepreneurship and you know what it is, um, you'll definitely find different events and activities to kind of bring you into that realm to learn what what is entrepreneurship what are the frameworks involved um, if you're somebody who's all right I just want to learn now to see how I, I can start there's different workshops and events teaching about the different frameworks like the business model uh, finding product market fit and the like if you're already a, if you want to be a founder and you have this idea how do I refine that that idea and then how do I launch um, and and I've, I've been very remiss to if I didn't mention that we were you know through the Department for Small and Local Business Development, they really helped spearhead um, Startup Week the second year. Um, and so they helped us with the connections and everything to really get this uh, launched off the ground because it's such a, such a needed uh, component in the community. You said the small business development helped you with this or uh, with Startup Weekend so that we understand who were the partners involved? Yeah, so me and Cheetah were the, the co-founders and then the second year we're like, okay, doing this ourselves it worked out okay, it worked out somewhat, but how do we create a partner network? How do we create, um, put, get connected to different um, industries, different networks, and the Department for Small and Local Business Development helped us make those connections. Whereas for us, it would have been trying, you know, months of trying to get to three or four people, but with them, they kind of make those warm intros, and warm intros make huge difference when, it, when it's just cold outreach and people don't know who you are. I think partnerships are so, so important. So thank you for actually saying that. Um, and just to clarify, you actually don't have to be an entrepreneur to participate in the events, correct? Correct, yeah. DC Startup Week is for all stages along the entrepreneur's journey, whether it's just you're, you're, you've heard about it, you don't know what it is, so let me go feel what it's like and, and see what it's about to somebody who's already um, in startup mode and you want to grow and accelerate your business even. Excellent. And what it just seems as if you're always you're launching different businesses. Am I correct? So, you know, you have a this is your personality, which I think is a I think is excellent. I think it's an excellent um, DNA that you have in your uh, that's a part of you. Um, let's jump back to DC Startup Week then. I understand that you decided to start this whole type of um, um, program based on what you discussed before. So what were the elements that you wanted to add to it that might have been different that you would see at South by Southwest? And also, um, what, how, how would you like to see it grow? So let's start with what you have today and what mm. you would like to see it down the road. Sure, no, um, as of last year, DC Startup Week uh, brought in 2,000 unique people to across the five days. We had that's, 27 that's locations. Um, so we touched almost all the eight wards. Um, we had about 93 events across those five days with 156 speakers, more or less. And we had about 56 partners, I believe. Yeah. Um, and the partners just made it all happen. Um, now, for this year, we want to do, obviously, grow, um, because 
what my focus has been more is how do we reach the traditionally underrepresented groups, what we call the new majority? Um, how do we make sure that they're, they know about these opportunities and that they're also in the mix? When we look at uh, some of the different starter programs that, I, that, I, that I'm a part of across DC, you know, we, I, I see a disparity. I want to see more Latinx community. I want to see more Asians. I want to see more people with disabilities. So I want to make sure that as many people know about it so that they can also experience uh, what this is about. And I have a follow-up question about that, is the Latinos. I've always, I keep hearing, we don't know where they are, how come we can't find them? And they are, they're here. They're mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, they're building um, businesses. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know they're here. So I will say, last year I got challenged um, by my, my colleague, uh, Melissa Bradley, who's a serial entrepreneur, serial investor, and just uh, the managing director for Project 500 and just, just awesome rock star. Um, and she said, Stephen, you're doing things for different communities, for Afro-Americans, for people with disabilities, but what are you doing for the Latino community? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> and so that kind of got me thinking, all right, how, how do I get into that community? Because I know they're here. And so I started getting to, into the Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and that led me to other connection points like the Latino Economic Development Center. And so little by little, I've started to just get introduced to all these different networks. Um, and even more recently, we might be launching a Latin tech conference. So how do we bridge the gap between um, the Latino, the Latinx community, and the tech jobs that are going unfilled, for example? So you had 56 partners last year. What are the partners that you're targeting this year that haven't yet signed with you? And how can we help you get them? Ooh, so the partners, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Many of them may, some of them may know about us, some of them may not. And, and part of it is, you know, we're here to serve the community. So we reach out to partners and we hope that they're interested in giving back. And so, but many of the times some of the partners just can't and that's quite all right. We are looking to um, definitely reach a few new partners. So which ones they would be? That is a great question. Um, definitely love to get the Case Foundation involved again. Some of the um, legal groups, um, uh, Paley Rothman or some of the other uh, legal agencies that are out there and also some of the venture capital firms you know how do we make sure that they also are participating in the community to again give back and help grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem you know I refer a lot of people to the DC the DC startup guide the DMV uh, hitchhikers guide that you oh. that you put together I, I give people that link a lot so you want to tell people a little bit about that what's in it and what you put together because I think that's yeah. so unique I haven't heard that other people in other ecosystems have done that of course I'm here um, mm. but I think it's really valuable um, I've referred um, to it to different angel investors to different entrepreneurs so yeah tell us about that yeah no it's it's um what was it last year so I have this worldview because through the global entrepreneurship network and through tech stars on the national level, I get to see what different ecosystems are doing. And so I, I've seen the concept before, and so I didn't see it in DC. So people are always saying, oh, you know, how do I get into entrepreneurship or how do I find resources? And usually all the resources are there. There's a lot. DC offers a lot for its, for its community. Um, but they're not in a centralized location or in a, an easy to find centralized location. So my minimum viable experience was, well, how do I consolidate all that? And it turned out into a 56-page PDF. Um, I tried the best in terms of segmenting it or categorizing it to make it more digestible. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what resulted. So it is, um, it's basically a 
manual of all local VC networks, angel networks, resources for entrepreneurs. Um, what else is in there? Because uh, we've been and talking around co- it, but yep, people who haven't heard of it. spaces co-working in case they're interested in that. In that and um, some, some of the events, different groups. Some grants. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, really good stuff. So if you're in the DMV, definitely find that. How would they find it? Where would they find that at? What URL? Ooh. It's on a Medium blog post, but if you type DMV Hitchhiker's Guide, they should be able to find it. And what other cities do you know has something like that? Mm, the Hitchhiker's Guide, it, it'll range from Boulder, Colorado to New York City. I, I, I'd be surprised if, if uh, San Francisco, for example, didn't have one. But I know quite a few cities have it in the U.S. And is it always termed a hitchhiker's guide to the startup space, or do people have different words and names for it? Some of them might have different names for it, but there's been a, I like consistency and why replicate the model? And I'm all about, if somebody's doing something well, I don't need to recreate the wheel. Let me just join in on them and and bring it as well. So I, I just kept it at the hitchhiker's guide. And then it's such a unique name. It's there's so much startup stuff, startup huddle, startup this, that. Meetups it, yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say D.C. is hard to navigate. So having a resource like this is is huge, um, whether you're in the space already or just moving into the area. I know Zena and I have met a few people that have just moved here that are using the resources that you came up with. Um, so I want to go back to something Zena mentioned. Um, you know, you, you wear a lot of titles um, and you've brought a lot of initiatives to the D.C. area. So can you talk about the One Million Cups event and some other of the new events that you've started here in D.C.? Yeah, no, I, I've because I'm touching such different different events. Um, I'm learning, you know, what are some of the gaps? And I one of the things for One Million Cups is, you know, how do we help one entrepreneur at a time? So instead of doing a cookie cutter approach where, all right, well, let's create a solution so that many people can hopefully benefit from that. How do we instead um, bring one to two entrepreneurs every week, have them talk about who they are, what they're about, but ideally, what's their challenge? And I and I try to focus more on the growth challenge. So many people will say, oh, I need more sales and that's, that's, that's nice that everybody needs that. But, you know, ideally peeling back the layers, you know, what is an issue that you're having based on, you know, this criteria list? And then we actually spend more time on the Q&A crowdsourcing the ideas from the audience for the entrepreneur. The whole focus there is entrepreneurs have to either um, make decisions or take action, right? So how do we help them get the, as much information as possible to have a decision or make an informed decision and then take action after they leave our event? And that way they get unstuck and hopefully just get on to the next challenge. But just keep them moving. And how are you marketing all of these ideas? Because when you say Steven Rodriguez, we know who you are right away, especially in the, in the startup community. So are you using PR? Is it been mostly word of mouth through the community build, building that you're doing? I think it's been mostly word of mouth. I mean, I, I have a website, but... Uh, most of it is just the the programs, events, people see me there, or they might get an email from me, hey, ha- happy to have seen you last week, or come to the next event. Um, but yeah, it's been, I guess, mostly just organic. And are you looking to get more PR at some point to talk about all the wonderful things you're doing in this area? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Most of my job has been um, just, hey, how do I help the community? How do I give first? And just what are the pain points? And then what are the the solutions that I can put in place to kind of solve those things. At the end of the day, it's really about the entrepreneur and how do we help entrepreneurs move along their journey to be successful. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it too. Can you talk more about that give first culture? Because I think that's something that we all have in common, which is, you know, thinking about the entrepreneur, 
giving them all the resources they need, being a connector. So a lot of times we're like, oh, what's going on in DC? Let's call Steven, <laughs> let's figure it out. Um, and then you help connect us to other people. But what does that give first culture mean to you? Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's more about how do I think about helping people first without expecting them to have to give something in return. And granted, you know, we, we give our time and so hopefully they help us out in the future. So it's not without, without just, just blindly, but at the very least, you know, if we're more focused on helping others, then that's a much better culture than I'm only going to help you if you help me, which is not, I don't, I don't like that mentality. Yeah. I don't think it's conducive in the long run. Agreed. I've heard the distinction as a bank, as a banking model, as opposed to a transactional model, right? Mm-hmm. So the transactional model being, I do something for you, you need to do something for me, right? As opposed to the banking model where you give first and you're kind of banking all of this goodwill mm-hmm. and where it comes back from you don't necessarily know but you've mm-hmm. banked all this goodwill right. you've definitely done that it, it, it's good it's like karma we know do as much good as you can and somehow it'll all come back to you so tell us a little bit about what you've learned in the course of building dc startup week over the past couple of years Ooh, so one definitely have a partner i've been very fortunate <laughs> that cheetah saria pan has been there from the beginning i couldn't have done it alone and he you know he's also helped teach me um, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's been through it already through two different uh, exits. And, you know, Stephen, you know, he, he takes time to kind of teach me the things that I have, I have yet to learn. There are things that I don't know that I don't know, and he helps me see them. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, two, it's also building a great team around you. I mean, we have, you know, it's me and Cheetah that co-founded it, but we have an amazing cast like Rachel Koretsky this year uh, from UPACE who's just helped, just killing it with um, whether it's a sponsorship Um, outreach or the partnership outreach or even the logistics on how do we coordinate all these places and how do we coordinate the programs within the time blocks so it's just that team Um, and then the rest of it is a little marketing but then the partnership which is how do we instead of just doing the social media ourselves and chugging away ourselves how do we leverage the partners and the speakers and the community to kind of you know promote this for us and it's a much easier lift then and then one thing I do want to do this year that might be a little different is more um, this this concept that that Zeno alerted me to like how do we alert or how do we communicate or highlight the underdogs the underdog or underrepresented founders because we have so many founders here in DC mm-hmm. and I, I keep seeing the same founders highlighted which is nice but what about yes, the underdogs and the <laughs> other founders who are not normally highlighted they're doing amazing things as well so mm-hmm. how do we use which is what I wanted startup week to be this platform to highlight the entrepreneurs well, along those lines, we should probably mention that the reason that we had Thomas Rivas, who is founder of Vendu, on our show is that I met him last year at your DC Startup Week. So oh, you're nice. already leading to featuring underrepresented entrepreneurs. Um, and we learned about his kind of startup journey and what he's doing with his co-founder. And um, I think we had a really great show. Yeah. No, it was and an so, excellent show. Yeah. yeah. And I think the whole concept of highlighting the underdog. So I shared with you that underdog was my favorite cartoon when I was mm. younger. Yes, that dates me a little bit. But um, one thing is that there are some entrepreneurs that are so comfortable being in the limelight and being put out front, but there's some other entrepreneurs who just want their heads down, doing their business and doing an awesome job. And so I think with the collective, what we want to do is help you identify some of those underdogs that are here in the D.C. area and really highlight those stories. So can you talk a little bit about how you want to identify the underdog? 
Yeah, so I think it goes back to the first lesson on how to create those partnerships. So how do we, um, we're not the experts of all the entrepreneurs, um, we know, but there's different groups, whether it's co-working spaces, whether it's um, um, podcast leaders like yourselves, um, whether it's uh, organiza- support organizations like Project 500, or even uh, government organizations like DC, the Department for Small and Local Business Development, they all touch different entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They all have a pulse on who those traditionally underrepresented founders might be. So let's let's reach out to them and say, hey, who are your top 10 that you recommend that we should highlight leading up to DC Startup Week and Global Entrepreneurship Week? So we're leveraging that partner network to kind of give us the ideas on who those founders are, and then we'll focus more on, all right, what's the process to kind of get them highlighted? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Project 500 because I know you're, you're working with um, Melissa Bradley. And I've discovered a lot of founders through that program by working with you and Melissa, uh, speaking of underdogs that I've never heard of, and they have some amazing businesses. And um, do you agree with me that, you know, that there are some underdogs right there in that program? Yep. And I know with Project 500, I I think the unique thing is how they focus more on, from the get-go, how do we focus on traditionally underrepresented groups? Um, and that's not just Afro-Americans, but also Latin tech, women, uh, people with disabilities, Asian, veterans. So it's just that whole mix. And traditionally underrepresented groups, meaning they're going to be the new majority in the future. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've focused on shaping that narrative to be how do we help the new majority, um, you know, rise. So one of the things we are so excited about, and I have to uh, drop a plug in for Project 500, uh, Melissa's uh, Bradley's talk on the new majority and um, is so powerful and it's on YouTube. So if you're looking for it, go to um, just do a Google search on Kauffman Foundation, the eShip conference and if you do a search you'll learn about what the new majority is and what the definition is and why it's so important let's talk about this cross collaboration that you've got with lots of partners around dc startup week i'm curious about two things what has gone really really well with that cross collaboration and what what one thing went really really poorly that you've learned from (laughs) yeah so and from the first year, it's um, just cold outreach. That was poor, poor, poor method to, to get, out, get out to them. So we learned how to, how to have somebody do warm intros like the Department for Small and Local Business Development did for us. Um, second year, we, we, we learned that how, how do we help them have buy-in and how do we help them be an active contributor to shaping the experience of Startup Week? Because at the end of the day, it's community-driven. So it shouldn't be ever owned by one, two, or three people. Mm-hmm. It should be a community effort. So how do we give that platform or that that space for them to give ideas on you know, what they feel the ecosystem should be like or what's missing? So that's something that we're trying to do in terms of giving them an active voice and shaping together collectively what the Startup Week is now and will become in the future. I think that's interesting because DC is such a transient place. And so each year the culture of Startup Week will be a little bit different just by the makeup of the people that are there, the new folks that are coming in. So how do you account for bringing in some of the new talent and welcoming them welcoming them to this, what we call inclusive economy that we have here? I know, um, hmm, let me think on that. One is just being cognizant of the fact that people come from different cultures. So how do we make sure that wh- whenever we try to communicate with people, that we're communicating across, uh, across a few different 
different topics or, or topical areas. One is their stage of understanding when it comes to entrepreneurship, like you pointed out before, whether they're just learning about entrepreneurship or they already have a company or maybe they're already successful and they've exited or they're a venture capitalist. Another one is more, you know, there's so many cultures out there. You know, just, just marketing to Hispanics as an umbrella itself is not really going to connect with many Hispanics, but then how do we kind of fuse those different cultures into our messaging and our outreach and communications to really connect with them and get them more, more involved this year? And then, as, and then there's different areas, whether you want to go into politics or you want to go into, into other thematic areas. It's just how to infuse that, those different cultures, those different segments um, in, a, in our outreach efforts. And how are you trying, are you trying to attract any more VCs and angel investors to come to just at least check out um, DC Startup Week? So they'll, they might actually find some entrepreneurs that they may, may want to back. Um, have you reached out to any of them? Yeah, you know, I, and I want to say we reached out to some of the ones we knew before, but again, I, I think this is where um, for the next stage, we just have to lean on our partner network to kind of do warm intros to the new ones that we, we may not be connected to. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, the entrepreneurial ecosystem is made up of different components. Uh, the entrepreneurs themselves, the support organizations, whether it's uh, DC government or uh, non-governmental organizations or even non-profits like Project 500, the, um, the community leaders and organizers, but also the VCs. How does research help you assess and better support the local ecosystem? So I've been learning, and I think I learned this a lot from Melissa Bradley and Project 500 and my colleagues over there that you know, this is all great, but then what are we collecting so that we can improve things? Mm. So we decided um, why not collect, at the very least, uh, two central pillars? And we, we took this from the Kaufman Foundation because they're focusing on connected networks. How do we make sure that there's different networks, but how do we keep them connected and what can we learn? Um, so we're at least trying to figure out baseline across all the events that I touch, you know, along the stage, where is somebody falling along the entrepreneur's journey? And then two, what are the challenges that they're facing? So that by the end of the year, we should have a good sample set of about three, 4,000 maybe. Um, and then we can use that to kind of do some analysis. Um, where are they falling? What are, tend to be the common challenges that they're facing? And then make a recommendations to the city um, or to the community saying, hey, we, these are the common challenges that people are identifying. So how do we, what can we do to kind of solve for them? And maybe we can make recommendations on what we've seen other ecosystems do. Um, and then, and then see, see what happens from there. I know I was very impressed with um, uh, Dolores Wilson's, Wilson's um, uh, impact report that she did the other day on communities, and so I learned from that. Through the Beacon DC, she did yep. an amazing job yep. on that. Um, and actually, just a, a plug for Beacon, during Startup Week, we are partnering with you to actually do an access to capital landscape, and so we're really excited to actually um, host that event with you and you know, help entrepreneurs see the funding landscape here in the D.C. area we'll, where we'll have the SBA, a VC, an angel, someone who's bootstrapping. Um, banks and lenders will come and actually give the, their process, and hopefully that'll help a lot of our entrepreneurs. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, no, we're excited. Beacon, even, even last year, you are, you are that central partner as well that kind of helped all the other partners kind of be like, oh, this is a thing. All right, let, let's give them some time. So thank you so much to Beacon. Yeah, 
and I thought that. in that report, I, I wish I had the link, maybe what we can do when we release this is put the link to that report, but you're right, the data and the recommendations that were made, I think were not only tangible, but you know, smart and something that we're all working together to actually implement. So I'm curious, what is DC Startup Week gonna look like this year? Cause I'm so excited. I can't wait to participate, you know, as you know, as a partner for Get Found, Get Funded, and also through Beacon. Uh, what, what can we see this year that we might not have seen last year? And you kind of mm -hmm. touched on some of it already. This year it's gonna be a few more interesting and complex partnerships. Um, but, and it'll fall along the same lines of traditional, oh, we're partnering with an organization like Beacon DC uh, to, do, to do an awesome event, or we're partnering, let's say, for example, with DC government to do maybe a graduation for one of their Keystone events. Um, mm -hmm. We might also be partnering with another organization like Google, for example, to do something uh, grand um, and I more like exciting. So, so just a few of the things that we're, we're already in the talks with, and so how do we, again, just build off of last year do more grand events, but again, for the benefit of the community. What is it that the community needs and how do we create those collaborations that they might be missing? And when is DC Startup Week again? So DC Startup Week is coming up September 2018 from the 24th to the 28th, Monday through Friday. And was it the around the same time last year? Uh, yep. Oh. Yeah, usually we, we picked September, um, definitely a little bit after school starts, but before uh, the craziness of finals and then the holidays Holiday. come in. Yeah. No, I think it's actually a perfect time because it's like in between conference season. That's the way I look at mm -hmm. it. Because <laughs> you know, there's a lot of conferences in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, throughout the month of September and October, and you, you're right in the middle, so you picked a good week to host this event. And um, they're gonna be spread out throughout DC, throughout the different wards you mentioned. You mentioned. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to go for geographic diversity mm -hmm. as one of the ways to help people be more, in, um, more inclusive of people across different regions because not everybody lives in downtown DC. There's different outside pockets. So how do we bring some of the events to them? Um, and then this time we're being a little more strategic with all the events that we're doing, just doing different time blocks throughout the day. I think last year, we learned that we had lots of events and lots of different places, but oh snap, my event ended, now I gotta get to the other one in five minutes that's across the city. Mm -hmm. So how do we be a little more strategic and give people more wiggle room to kind of make those treks so that they can get to the event on time? Well, to be honest, we South by Southwest is like that too. So <laughs> <laughs> for those who made it there, that was the, and that was another reason why you created this, this um, event too, because a lot of us cannot afford South by Southwest. It's a very expensive trip. Mm -hmm. I mean, across from just, just the plane and the room and board, it's also the ticket price and start, Startup Week is free. It's by the community, for the community, so we've made z uh, an effort to do zero barriers to participate and learn from these resources, so that's why it has been free and we can, will continue to make it free. And it's also time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's much easier to take a few hours off of your day to go to the events because it's right there in your city as opposed to, oh snap, I gotta fly and now I have to spend a week there mm -hmm. and the, the chaos, it just gets harder to, to get your work done. And as entrepreneurs, we have very little time to waste. So. Exactly, mm -hmm. I agree. And it optimizes the networking opportunities. And so actually more business gets done here locally. So we're, looking, we're really looking forward to it. I know, I'm excited about it. Uh, I was excited last year and <laughs> I'm just as more excited this year. Um, so Stephen, I want to give you a moment also if you would like to talk about Bloomshift, your company, and kind of what you're doing next with it. 
Yeah, no, I, I've been very fortunate that along the way I've, I've gotten the the entrepreneurial spirit from all the other entrepreneurs that I've been able to to be around. You've been infected. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I got the entrepreneurial bug. And so I've been moonlighting for the past uh, year and a half since 2016. Um, actually, before that, I was freelancing, saved enough money to kind of incorporate and then been moonlighting all this time um, until June 1st. I, you know, I'm focusing on my digital brand experience agency called Bloomshift, where we focus on helping take brands from passive presence to more active engagement. Uh, we've been We've serviced clients like Google for their annual DefSDC, DC, um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for some of their events, and then uh, the Latin Tech Conference coming up next year. Um, so it's lots of how do we help brands kind of tap into the audiences um, to be more to get them more engaged in the brand, and then ideally convert those brands. Because um, at the end of the day, it's not you know brands need to connect with audiences, but then they want an action from an audience, whether it's to come to their event, buy a product or service. So how do we increase the chances of that happening? That's amazing. And you've already pretty much launched. You've been, you said that you've been moonlighting. So you've already been working uh, with all these different companies, but you plan to go full time. Yep. Yeah. It's already happened since June 1st. So now it's, uh, uh, the struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> it is real. Yes. It, just, it's not as glamorous as it looks from the outside. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, you know, I, I've, I've been, and that's that's one thing I've learned is, you know, it's the trend is, oh, you know, you want to be a startup entrepreneur, a founder, you got you to gotta quit everything and start right away. But not really. Mm-mm. Not really. I, I think I'd rather learn, start growing until this can sustain me. And I'd rather not live on the street. <laughs> well, I'm trying to do this. So, or for, uh, yeah. and, and let me say this: there's nothing. We don't. Well, there's nothing right, right. wrong with starting right away. Starting right away, and you're sleeping on different friends' sofas, and you're moving apart. I've heard all these stories, and I I get it. Everyone's path is different. Everybody's mm-hmm. path is different, so it's okay. You know, if we even listen to um, Arlen Hamilton's story, mm-hmm. you know, she slept in her car. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a different track and path. And some of us fell into entrepreneurship like myself. I, this is not something I plan. I, plus, I come from a totally different generation where you get a job. Stability, <laughs> stability, stability. Stability, stability, stability. So when I decided to, you know, hang my own shingle, my family thought I was insane. So because I did it at a time when entrepreneurship was not popular. Mm-hmm. And not only was and not popular um you know i have this you know graduate degree and they're like you know in in public health health administration why don't you just continue to do that that's that's a growing field well i just it was one of the best decisions i could have ever made to be honest with you because i would not be sitting here with you and christina and aurelia at this moment i would never thought about you know starting a podcast so i'm very grateful that i started on this path and it's very interesting to now see some of those same people who were looking at me like what are you doing and now they're starting to think about entrepreneurship so it, it, you're you're off to a wonderful start. You're, and you've already started. You're building community. So mm-hmm. you already know what to do. You just take that same type of mentality and pl- apply it to your business. And, and build on-ramps for people. Everyone, like we said, everyone's pathway is different. And so we need multiple on-ramps to get people to live their dream, live their mm-hmm. passion, and just contribute. Give first, right? That's what yep. we're talking about. Exactly. Well, Stephen, you want to talk about how we can find you? I don't know. You got two you know, what websites you want to give and probably um, information on your Facebook and all your social media platforms. Sure. Um, at the very um, central 
Central Point, I have a website, stevenarodriguez.com. So S-T-E-V-E-N-A Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z.com. And that usually connects to the other portals. Um, for the brand experience agency, Bloomshift, it's bloomshift.com. And then for DC Startup Week, which is coming up September 24th to the 28th, dcstartupweek.org. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. So today we have learned a lot about partnerships, uh, community building, starting um, a business, being an entrepreneur. And Stephen has really talked about all these things are sort of all wrapped up into one. And um, he basically started by participating and also starting um, DC Startup Week as well as um, DC Startup Weekend. And from there, he just continued to build his community and continue to have a passion for helping entrepreneurs until he got to a point when he was ready to join um, the rest of us out here in this fight of being an entrepreneur. And I know he's going to be successful at it um, based on all the things he has done in the Washington, D.C. community. And I'm looking forward to um, seeing and hearing more about the underdogs. And uh, Christina, you're not alone in this. I, I'm very familiar about underdog. <laughs> Superhero. Underdog was a superhero. He was a superhero. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with underdog, and he looked, was tiny and small and powerful. And he was more powerful. And we loved him more sometimes than Snoopy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so continue to highlight the underdogs, continue to, you know, stay in the fight, build those communities and, you know, uplift our Latino and Latina brothers and sisters. I do believe that um, more attention needs to be, you know, placed on that community as well. They're just as important as African-American community. And um, because we both are underrepresented, so continue to uplift those communities and do the data and research to, you know, to figure out what that baseline is, you know, for the entrepreneur's journey, because there's not a lot of information out there and we need it. Yeah, no, I'm fired up, ready to go and can't wait for, for September. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for um, this latest episode of Get Found, Get Funded. And as you can tell, that we decided to um, talk a little bit more about the DMV um, area. But um, I'm sure if you're listening in a different city, you're going to learn a lot more. And maybe you can take what we're talking about into your city. In the meantime, you can find us at GetFoundGetFunded.com. Or you can look us up on our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much for joining us.